Almighty God, have mercy upon us. Amen. Please be seated. Okay. Okay. Mic is on. Can everyone? Oh, here we go. All right. Now it's a party. Good morning. Does my heart good to see the last remnants of Labor Day weekend have stuck around for worship? Excited you all are here. Renounce your family ties. Bear your cross. Forsake all that you own. All week, I could hear the final verse from the hymn, When I Surveyed the Wondrous Cross. For it is truly a love in God through Christ Jesus that is so amazing and so divine. It demands my soul, my life, my all. This summer, Jesus has set his face towards Jerusalem, and in doing so, he has taught many parables. He has healed a woman with a bent back. Martha served her Lord while Mary sat at his feet, and the disciples learned a new way to pray. Word has gotten out about our prophetic rabbi, and as the scriptures note today, there was a large crowd following and gathering around Jesus, traveling with him, and they were looking for a word. And today, they got exactly that. Jesus, in his teaching, is only leaning into a long-standard Jewish tradition, speaking in a most exaggerated and radical sense, so that his listeners are sure of the commands and are clear on exactly what it would cost to follow him. Renounce your family ties. Show that there is no greater relationship than you have with me. Bear your cross. Participate in a life of suffering that leads to glory. Forsake all that you own. And selling your possessions, show me nothing possesses you except the love of God. Have we counted the cost? Are we truly ready to follow Jesus with the cross before us and no turning back? Paul, even while incarcerated, knew this way of discipleship in his letter to Philemon. Philemon, by all accounts, was a wealthy man who was a Christian and who also owned slaves. Philemon came to know Christ crucified and risen through the Apostle Paul, and yet you wouldn't believe it because of his participation in the enslavement of others. Slavery in the Roman world was just as abhorrent as chattel slavery African Americans experienced. No autonomy. Humanity stripped. Dignity diminished. 
a person viewed as a commodity and an ends to a means, a cruel injustice to the human body and soul and one that leaves deep wounds and generational trauma. One of Philemon's slaves, Onesimus, has run away. And in seeking freedom on his own terms, it is believed that Onesimus has caused Philemon some kind of financial loss. By the mercy of God, Onesimus encounters Paul in his travels and is converted to following the way of the cross. And this is where we get into the letter, which is a miracle in itself and a seed of justice. The goal of Paul writing to Philemon is so that Philemon will welcome Onesimus back into his home, not as the role of a slave, but as a brother. The name Onesimus means useful, even as a slave where Philemon did not see Onesimus in his full humanity, even when he would exploit him for his labor, Onesimus was always full of use. And now he is full of grace. Onesimus contains the spirit of God that is now activated. Onesimus is a new creation. For a slave to return to his master after running away and stealing would be a death sentence. Philemon has every right, legally and culturally, to do what he would want to Onesimus. Yet Paul, knowing the grace he has received, does not command Philemon, but makes an appeal out of love. Because of Paul's belief in the resurrection, Paul is bold enough to ask Philemon to reconcile with Onesimus. Paul knew his vision of reconciliation was wild and countercultural. Paul knew the cost of discipleship. So do we know what it will cost us? Can we be so bold as to name the things which stand between us following Jesus? So for me, truly, there is no reason I should be in this pulpit today had it not been for the grace and goodness of God. Following Jesus has taken me from conservative parishes in rural South Carolina to Olympia, Washington, where I sat alongside kids who were in hospital beds suffering. Following Jesus has taken me from serving at a historically black church here in D.C. to the shores of Michigan, where I served our kids here at St. Columba's and we were able to share our stories together. And in following Jesus, in my own way of counting the cost, every day 
I wake up in my sin and in my shame, with my pride and with my addictions and compulsions, and take them to the foot of the cross to subject all things under my Christ. For I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives within me. The life I now live in this flesh and skin, I live by faith in the Son of God, who counted the cost, and who loved me and gave himself for me. Friends, we serve a God who knew exactly the cost and the hard work has already been accomplished. Jesus Christ, who is the visible image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, reconciled to himself all things by making peace through the blood of his cross. We can bear witness to the restitution of the world. We can witness the reconciliation of all things because of the resurrection, because we serve a God who was crucified, died, and was buried, and on the third day rose again in conquering death, sin, hell, and the grave. So today, we have a large crowd following Jesus. Next week, as we begin the program year in the liturgical season of creation, the gospel reading will begin like this. All the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. So it seems, after hearing this teaching, there were some folks who considered the cost was too much and they would choose not to follow Jesus. From tax collectors and sinners, the numbers would get even smaller as it would only be 12 disciples who were at the Lord's Supper, the, the Lord's Supper. and even then they would run away in great fear. Two sinners remain. Jesus will hang between them and they both face a choice. They both will count the cost. One will turn away and the other will embrace. The question this program year for us is, which sinner will we be?